Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You, you see a lot of stuff going on about customer experience. And I think we should focus first on employee experience. If I have engaged and happy people at work, they will deliver better products, better services to the customers. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is a cold day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com, and you get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. This is the perfect way to get 2024 off to a powerful start, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build engagement, and my guest is Paul Duvall. According to the Gallup Engagement Index, 87% of employees worldwide are not engaged at work. Employee engagement is a serious issue that every leader has to understand and address in their business. Luckily, we have a global expert here to help us understand engagement better. I love this conversation with Paul, and I know you will as well. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Paul Derval. Paul is a global engagement explorer, employability expert, and workplace architect. For more than 25 years, he has been in the speaking, consulting, and training business for executives, human beings, directors, and employees. Paul works on both sides, employer employees, to create better leadership, work happiness, and profitability. His concept is based on finding the non-negotiables and the core values of the individual as well as the company. And I'm excited to have him on the show to learn how we can generate more engagement in our organization. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jones. Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to meet you, sir, and, and I'm excited to talk about engagement. It's one of the things I, I care deeply about, and so uh, I am just uh, want to lean on your expertise on this one, so I'm excited to hear from you. Uh, but first of all, I want to say, like I was in the introduction, I mentioned that a human beings director instead of human resource director. <laughs> I love that. I saw that right away. Explain why you prefer that term. Well, the, the, the point is we're, we're so used to saying human resources and we have financial resources and we have chairs and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's 
what leaders are doing is looking at people, at human beings as resources. And it's not that they do it on purpose, but it's in our mind. But it's as a resource, you're less than a human being. Mm. Uh, even Minsberg uh, said a couple of years ago, I'm not a human resource, I'm a human being. So treat me like a human being. And I think if you look that way uh, to people in an organization, you will see them more as professionals than as employees. And that's what I like to state, that we, we are talking about human beings and not resources. Yeah, it's an important distinction. You know, I, I talk about in my books, leadership is a people business. It's about yep. people. It's not about resources. And people are... People are unique and interesting and yeah. um, often messy, uh, but they're people and they are human beings and need to be treated that way. So I love yeah. that approach. I saw that right yeah. away. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like the concept. So um, let's get into the, the idea of engagement. So according to Gallup, uh, the Gallup Engagement Index, there's a staggering 87% of employees worldwide not engaged at work. We have an engagement problem. Um, so tell us, give us a rundown. What is engagement and why are we failing so why are we so poor at it? Well, I, I think engagement is is quite simple. Is I go to my work with energy and I leave with even more energy. Mm. So it's given me energy. A lot of people talk about happiness, um, and I like that concept as well. But happiness can also be the short-term happiness. Oh, I'm happy. Oh. Uh, if you talk about engagement, you're talking ab about energy. So if you go to work, it will cost you a lot of energy. The job demands will be high, and it's getting higher, and we call it work pressure. So you need more energy getting out of your work from your colleagues, from what you're making, from what you're doing, from feedback you're getting, that you have more energy than it costs you to work eight hours a day. So a lot of people go home, they're tired, they drop themselves on the couch, drink a beer, have some snacks, and then fall asleep. And then I think you need to be careful because you're draining all the energy that you have and you can't replace it that easily during the weekends and your holidays. So you need to find a job that fits you, that gives you energy. And if you have more energy than it costs, you're engaged. That's a simple concept. I really like that. It's a great uh, analogy. You know, often they say that if you're doing something that you're passionate about, time goes quickly and you and you leave fulfilled. And and for most people, their jobs are not that. So no. <laughs> the time doesn't go quickly and they're not, um, you know, energized when they leave. So it's which is part of the problem. Yeah, and, and, and it is a big problem. Like you said, Gallup says 13% of the employees are fully engaged. And out of the 78, there will be some 20% who completely dislike what they're doing. That, that are the quiet quitters. They're, they're not active. Uh, you, you had in the US the great resignation during Corona. Why is that? Well, be, because... In that period of time, a lot of people could work from home. And they suddenly noticed that not being at work gave them more energy than mm. being at work. And they thought, why am I still in that office if I don't like it? 
And then people start thinking about what is the purpose in my life? What are my core values? What do I like? Do I want to stay here or do I want to leave? And it went up to 60% in the US, in Europe, about 30, 35%. But 7, 8% is normal per year. So 60% was a, a big shock for everybody when Gout found out about that number. And we, we need to be aware, especially as leaders, why are people working in our offices? Why do we need them? What, what is the purpose of them being here? So that's why I make a distinction between leaders and managers. Like you said, leaders look at people. Hmm. It's those people that perform the work they do. They, they make the outcome. Managers tick the boxes and look at the process. Did we fulfill our job? Most of the time, because the CEO told us so to check the boxes, look at the KPIs, but KPIs are reached only by human beings working harder than you expect. Mm. So, so uh, why is engagement important for companies? And, uh, and what happens when we have this poor level engagement? What, what does that do to our companies? What's the problem with that? Well, the, the big problem is that we, we call it the seven keys of engagement. Uh, Gallup looked at it, but also Harvard and Oxford University. What they saw is that if engagement is low, productivity will be lower as well. So what we can check is how productive people are per working hour. And it should be around 70%. You, you can't be productive the whole 100% of the time. That, that's impossible. But 70% should be the norm. And what we see is that a lot of people reach 45 to 50%. And then they say, time is going slow. No, you're not productive. You're not active. You're looking at your screen doing nothing. And, and so if productivity goes down, we see sick leave goes up. Uh, attrition goes up, people are leaving the company. Um, we see that more mistakes are made during work, uh, that customer loyalty goes down. You, you see a lot of stuff going on about customer experience. And I think we should focus first on employee experience. Mm. So EX comes for CX. If I have engaged and happy people at work, they will deliver better products, better services to the customers. And, and you notice it when you're calling a company. Yeah. Um, I notice immediately whether they have energy to be positive or that they're just reading the script that their manager gave them to do. If somebody is positive, say, hey, how are you, John? What can I do for you? Do you need anything else? Do we have any questions? That's different than, oh, I need to sell you something. And, oh, you don't like my, okay, then I move on to the next customer because I need to tick the boxes. I did them in one minute and 40 seconds. It's a different approach. And you can tell it, I can tell it, all the listeners can tell if you call a company, who is responding and how is he responding? Is it with enthusiasm, with a positive mood? Then they are engaged. And I'm more willing to buy from those kind of companies. Mm. 
Yeah, it absolutely. Here, say, Paul, we have our new wines, and we have a, a special offer for you. Um, but it's only for twelve bottles. And if it sound like this, I will buy twelve or eighteen bottles. If they sound like, oh, I need to sell it, and it's yeah, we have special price. Then I think now let's let's move on. Let's do something else. So engagement will provide best better customer service and will increase profitability. And that's what it's all about. Mm, that's that's it's it's so true. The the link between customer service and employee engagement is something that I've noticed as well, too. And actually, to be be honest, I've seen you we've seen over over the years, maybe the last 15 to 20 years. Customer service is dying, you know, you, you, and you hear it when you talk to people on the phone or when you're in a, uh, you know, you're in a store or what have you. It just seems like employees aren't engaged uh, and they're and they're, and the customer service is very, very poor. And it's in, is, as you're saying, it's indicative of probably poor engagement at that company as well. Yeah. And the point is, you will lose a lot of ambassadors in the field. Right, right. Um, if I, I can give an example in the U.S., Zappos. Zappos is selling mm-hmm. online. I called them once for a night when I know it was not present anymore. They couldn't sell. I looked it online. It wasn't there. They have their phone number in the left top of their website. You can call a human being. It's not a chat box. It's mm-hmm. a human being. I called them. And the guy said, oh, sorry, we don't have it anymore. It will be delivered in one or two months. But, hey, let's check the internet whether there is another company that still sells them and has them in uh, store. And within two minutes, he gave me two names of competitors who still had that shoe. And I thought, why are you doing this? And he said, well, he said, well I'm here to serve you. I deliver wow through service. And this is my wow to you. You want those shoes. You can buy them somewhere else. And I'm telling you this story. So I'm still an ambassador of Zappos. Yeah. I didn't buy that $140 then, but I'm still promoting them because they deliver customer service. And if you look on YouTube, you will find videos of how they work. And it's amazing. It's fun to work there. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that doesn't resonate enough with uh, with managers? We, you mentioned the distinction between managers and leaders. Uh, why don't you think that? Because they want to be successful. They want to. They want to make money. They want to grow their business. They want to be profitable. Why yeah. do you think we miss out on this idea of engaged people provide better customer service, which gives you growth and profitability? Why is? Why do you think there's a gap missing there? I think everybody in a leading position wants this. Mm. But not all of them are people managers or people leaders. Mm. What you see a lot is that the best employee in his field becomes the next manager. Right, right. But it doesn't mean that he has the skills to be a people manager. Right. So, So knowing... All you need to know in your job is something different than knowing how to treat human beings. So I think we should select leaders on their ability to communicate and to stimulate and facilitate the people working for them. That's a different skill. And it's sometimes, uh, even I had it when I started as a lawyer, 
after five, six years, I came to the max of my salary within that company as a lawyer. And then they said, yeah, but you can become deputy manager and you will earn more. Wrong. I don't want to be a manager. I want to be the best lawyer. And that's something different. So I didn't do it. And I left that company, worked somewhere, somewhere else, came back after 10 years. Um, it's different to be a manager than a leader. And if you want to be a leader, ask yourself the question, how do I communicate with human beings? Mm. Am I friendly? Am I there to support them? Am I there to facilitate them? Can I ask the question, what do you need from me? And then deliver what they ask. That's, of course, the, the problem. Point is, a lot of people are from top down told what to do and what their KPIs are. So the 1st of January, you get your KPIs, you need to perform. And the next thing you do is tell your people what they should do. And they're not responding. No, of course not. <laughs> because you didn't say, Happy New Year, how can I serve? You told them what to do. I'm exaggerating. I'm making it black and white. But a lot of people will understand that it's a different skill set to be a leader than being a manager. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And 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 again, we I think as part of our problem with leadership in in corporate, especially in corporate corporate, uh, is that we promote the the top engineer to engineering manager, the top yep. quality person to the quality manager, versus yep. promoting people who have people skills and and leadership skills, we promote the the, yeah. the the top person to the to that management job, and they don't and necessarily want to be a manager. And we should ask them, do you really want this position? Right. Is it about money? Is it about ego? Or are you really with equipped with the right skill set? And if somebody says, no, I don't want to be a leader, I don't want to be a manager, don't think I'm up to it, give him the money that he would have had yeah. if he made that choice because he made the right choice. It's mostly yeah. men who go up in hierarchy without knowing what their core values are and what their skill set is. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy, execution, or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capabilities 
profitability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation schedule with him today. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and again, I ran into many managers in corporate that were just promoted because of that, that, that was the next rung on the ladder. And they didn't necessarily have the, yeah. the, the skills or the desire or yeah. um, really any, any uh, ability to, to lead people. Um, and yeah. so that's where, that's where we, we, we miss out on, on, yeah. you know, Absolutely. And that's where that's where engagement goes to die when you don't have a people man, when you don't have a people person in those leadership roles. I, I always look at uh, people working in organization as the professional. They are the real professional. They they know what they need to do, whether you're the cleaning person or you're serving meals in a restaurant. You are the professional. Well, treat them as professionals. Ask them, what do you need to perform better? Mm. Because then they will perform better because they are stimulated. They They get honest feedback. They got what they need because you take them seriously in their profession. So even a cleaning lady who isn't doing important work, and most of the time we put them outside the working hours, that they then they can can come and clean the office. No, we should have them during daytime in the office because they can help out with the printer, with the coffee machine, with whatever. They are the big facilitators. They are professionals in their job. And take them seriously. And and I think we we made it up that we are the best because we have the title manager. Mm. And I, I don't like the title anymore. Uh, I like the title leader. And the leaders sometimes are standing behind the employees and pushing them forward. And sometimes when it's necessary, they come in the front and say to the rest, oh, stop. 
I'm protecting my employees. Mm. Now you have to deal with me first. That's leadership. That's a, you know, you just mentioned the one thing that uh, really stands out. Some of my favorite uh, bosses over the years, some of my favorite leaders over the years, they did that one thing that you just mentioned, which was they protected uh, people from maybe bad decisions or uh, things that came down the pike that didn't make sense. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because I spent a lot of my career in corporate sort of trying to look out for my people, you know, for, for, for kind of crazy ideas that were coming. But it actually put me sometimes at cross-threaded with uh, upper management that was trying to do things that they felt were important, but they were not people-centric. And I always yeah. had a problem with that. And yeah. so, but I think that the best leaders will stand up in front and say, hey, hold on a second. You know, yep. what are you, why are you doing that? And this is not good for the, for my team. And, exactly. you know, and, and they're going to stand up for there. But a lot of, a lot of people don't want to stand up because they fear that they're going to lose their job. They're going to get uh, demoted. They won't get there. So a lot of managers just go along to get along yep. and they just say, bring it on. What, what, what new program yep. do you have? You know, and, 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 uh, and they don't stand up for their folks. So I think part right. of, exactly. part of the real, a real good, strong leader is going to stand up for their team. And I like that. Absolutely. That, that's their role. Mm. Because they're all human beings and you need to be protected by, by your boss. And then I call boss as proud. Yes. You can be proud to be the boss because then you take care of your human beings, of your employees. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, so what do we do? I mean, um, so we have an engagement problem. We know that it affects the company performance when we have an engagement problem. How do we fix it? So how can we improve engagement? What what can what can uh, individuals do? What can companies do to improve yeah. engagement? Well, what what I do when I come into a big organization and we start talking about lack of engagement or lack of productivity, I ask the top managers, what are the core values of your organization? And I change the word core values often in non-negotiable. What is for you non-negotiable when you look at the purpose of your organization, the mission, the vision? What is non-negotiable? What is your topic that you say, this is how we feel, this is who we are? Then ask the employees what their core values are. Mm. And a lot of people have, we all have our core values. That That's that guts feeling that we have that we know exactly this is, me, this is not what I like or this is what I like, but we don't talk about it. And what I see by research, if we get alignment between the core values of the organization and they are fixed, you can't change a core value overnight. Employees come in and what you should do in the onboarding process is check, do you fit in with our core values? And that's what CEPOS is doing. They take six weeks to check whether you fit in the 10 family core values. <laughs> if you it. don't, they give you money to leave. Why? Well, it's cheaper for them if they give you money to leave than that you stay. You need to fit in those core values because if you do, it's easy to work on that energy level. It's not that difficult. And... The top should walk their talk and practice what they preach. And I think that's that's the big warning. If you say, 
Uh, integrity is our core value. And I don't like the word integrity because 70% of the companies have that as a core value. So you're not mm -hmm. distinctive anymore. So, but if you have that word, then there shouldn't be any sign that integrity is in danger. So you should perform to your best. You need to walk your talk. That's what it is. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue. So we can try to change culture, but culture is what people do when they see what the top is doing. So they copy it. So if you think that the culture within a team isn't right, well, look at the manager. Mm. What is he doing or she doing? Are they performing in accordance with the core values? Most of the time they don't. So I think creating alignment between the company core values, they are fixed. That's the purpose of the company. And you have people coming in and you ask them, hey, do you fit in? They don't need to have the same core values, but they need to accept, yeah, okay, this is the core value. So if I sign a contract, I need to adjust to what the company has as core values. I'm not going to say to a company, you need to change your core value because one um, individual doesn't like them. Of course not. It's the other way around. Individuals need to fit in. But if they do, that engagement will go up because they get the point, why am I working here? Yeah, it's interesting because I think you know, I experienced this in my career. If you're working in a company and your core values are aligned with the company's core values, you have satisfaction. You are doing what you were put on earth to do. Yeah. You're motivated to be there. You you are excited about what the company stands for. And so you have energy. And I know I felt that in many times in my career. Yeah. But um, I've also found when they got misaligned, where the core values, in my case, shifted in the company. The company had shifted and Ooh, they, put, yeah. they put less and less, uh, like I was a, like a vice president, I ran multiple factories, but they took away my responsibilities uh, or they took away my authority over time. Ooh. And so, uh, and so I had the same level of responsibility, but I lost my authority and my autonomy over time. And they had people, people from, uh, from Zurich would tell us what to do versus yeah. me being able to make decisions on, on the front lines. And yeah. so that, I felt misaligned. I felt like I was, my core values were here. The company had shifted yeah. and I felt, uh, and, and my engagement died because I was, I was yeah. constantly fighting against the company because they shifted their, uh, their core values. And so, and my, my engagement died. And so yeah. if, so if those aren't aligned, you're going to have a problem. And, and then I think it's wise for the individual to say, I'm going to look for another job. Mm, yes. Because you're yeah. not going to change the company. Correct. Correct. And, so, and it's not a problem. And if you have that discussion with a leader, the leader will say, yeah, I recognize what you're saying. How can I support you to get another job? Right. right. In, in, the, in that state, you are still an ambassador of the company. Right. Right. So if you are at a bar and they say, why did you change? They say, well, my core values are different than those of the organization, but I still like them because they supported me. Yes. Yeah. So and that's interesting you say that because that's how I feel. I loved working for that company, but they changed and I knew I had to leave and I left. And, yeah. uh, and, but, 
but I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the experience I had, the opportunities I had, the people I met there, and I love what the company stood for, but I, it, I, could, I didn't fit in anymore, you know? And, and, and so, cool. it yeah. happens. So yeah. what, what we tried to do is to have that old-fashioned way of people should work 40 years in the same company. No, it's not happening anymore. If it happens, great. But people are changing, circumstances are changing, uh, you buy a new company, core values are changing, the, the purpose is changing. Well, some people will leave and then you say to them, how can I support you to find a new job? Right. What makes right. you tick? What, yeah. what do you need to get something new? Support people. They will love you for it. And they will tell that story to other people and maybe one of them wants to work in that company. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know, uh, you know, I've, I've used this analogy before. The listeners have probably heard it, but I've always thought of it like uh, having a team is like a like puzzle. It's a puzzle, and and each each team member, if if it's right, it's, it's going to fit into that puzzle as the right piece. And there's a you know, occasionally there's going to be employees that are just a puzzle piece just doesn't fit within our puzzle. And the problem is, is they're not in the right puzzle. <laughs> you know, in other words, not that they're a bad employee, but they just don't fit with what we're trying to do in the organization. And by being able to identify those people and be able to help them find their own puzzle is really, it's a critical skill. And, uh, and, and that, you know, and, and it sometimes not every, not everybody fits within your organization and what you're trying to do. And, no, uh, and their life can change in a way that they don't fit anymore. Right, and right. That happens as well, and then you need to say, "Wow, there, there is a lot of change in your life. How can we support you?" Uh, right. So right. we we start blaming people and we quarrel, and it comes a conflict instead of saying, "No, this happens, and let's make a good turn into your career." Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And you know, when it comes to engagement, do you think that um, that Company leaders recognize when they have an engagement problem. Are are they or are they um, are they deaf to it? Do they know when they have a problem? And in, in other words, they may be looking at they have a high turnover. Maybe they have uh, morale issues. They might see a lot of indications, but do they recognize it's an engagement problem? Oh, wait, like when you're working with them, do they recognize they have a problem? Well, the the moment I start working with them, they will because <laughs> right. that's, that's right. So oh, I, I, I think they know, but it's it's difficult to accept that you have that problem. So sometimes they say, oh, we need to change the organization because profitability needs to go up and the KPIs okay. need to go up. And then we make it abstract and we make it the outside world instead of saying, hmm, what can we do to make life better within our organization? So... Uh, when they hire me, most of the time they are at that point that they think, hmm, we need to change. For example, sick leave is high. Medically yeah. and biologically, sick leave, sick, uh, sick leave is about 2%. I work for companies with 10, 12%. Then one out of eight employees isn't working the whole year. Mm. I mean, the Netherlands, you still get paid for two years. So it's costs a lot of money. So then the money becomes the issue, but isn't the issue. The issue is they are sick. Why are they not working? 80% of sick leave be above that 5 
has to do with culture, with relationship with managers. Mm. Then you need to focus on engagement. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was, yeah. The other thing too, I was thinking is you work with um, like company leaders to identify these core values. Do they all find that they have them and they can easily roll them out? Or is there often, uh, do you find that those core values are sort of hidden and they have to sort of, uh, you have to flesh them out because they haven't really thought about them in a long time? I, I think the last thing is is true. They haven't thought about it for a long time. New CEO came in, new HR director came in. A lot of things changed. They are not on the website. Mm. I want to see core values on the whole page of a website. This mm. is who we are. They they know what you're selling. They know what you do. That's why they visit your website. They want to know who you are. Mm. So put your core values on the whole page of the website and tell, this is us. Mm. And this is what we do. So for me, uh, if if you look at a website, as soon as it says the team about us, and then you see somewhere our mission, our vision, and sometimes you see the word core values. No, front page. Front page. Front All right. page. I love it. I don't, have, I don't have that on the front page of my company. <laughs> I have it. I will. <laughs> but I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it helps you to, if people come to your website uh, and they know what you're making, what, what you're producing, they want to see what kind of company you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can go to a bank. And all the banks are the same. They have different names, but they're still doing the same. If I see on the front page that they want to take care of the planet, that they are accepting that they have uh, less profit, but part of the profit goes into creating a better world, then I might say, hmm, that's my kind of bank. Yeah. And I don't care about the name and who is the CEO. I know that they're looking far further than just making profit and getting the right habitat. Mm. So a lot of people will want to see who you are and what your purpose in life is. Yeah, I like that. I love that. And, uh, and, and again, that's a, that's a great walkaway listeners. Uh, where are your, do you know your core values? Is it on the front page of your, uh, your website? Right. And if not, why not? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Um, this has been a fantastic conversation. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners about this subject? Well, what I would like to challenge them to do is to find out how you look at your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on our website, paltewald.com, we have the engagement benchmark tool, which is a small survey with 16 questions. And you will find out how engaged you think your team is. So it's challenging yourself. It's for free. We don't chase you. Um, if you want the full report all written down with explanation, you'll need to fill in your email address because then we can send the uh, program to you. But it's free. And we're not sending any information afterwards. If you don't like what we say, don't come to us and we're not going to chase you. But have a few for yourself in 16 questions. How is autonomy 
being organized within our organization? How is the belonging arranged? Do we have the right co uh, competences? And do the people know what the purpose is? Four items, each four questions, and you know what percentage you have. And if it's more than 50%, I can tell you you're on the right track. If it's less, you should work hard or your core values. Mm. Wow, that's good. And that's powerful because I think sometimes we don't know where to start. Often we hear engagement's important. Where do I start? And uh, Paul, what I love is you offer a free resource. We're going to put a link in the show notes for that, that you can go there and you can answer some questions, 16 questions, and you can say, do I have a problem? Do I not have a problem? And you can also identify, just like we talked about here, maybe there's something you're missing, like, do you know your core values? Are they on your website? Uh, are, are they communicated? I think that's just a simple thing. Uh, but I think sometimes we need these uh, questionnaires, these these tools to be able to expose maybe where we have some problems and so uh, and what those problems might be. So uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes for that. And I highly encourage listeners that you go and check this out. If you're thinking about, do I have good engagement? How can it be better? This is going to help you steer uh, down that that path and be get better uh, in this particular area that's very important to your to your uh, to your business. So uh, this has been fantastic, Paul. How can our listeners find out more about you uh, and uh, what you offer as well? Well, go to the website. You will find my LinkedIn profile there as well. It's, it's of course, in English. Um, when you type my name in LinkedIn or in YouTube, you will find videos as well. Uh, I have an animation video of one and a half minute about engagement. And, and it's, it's lovely that we talk about it for more than 30 minutes. You can see it in, in one and a half minute and you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and it's all for free uh, because I like to share. Uh, if you can share, you can receive. It's not give and take. It's about sharing and receiving. If anybody has a question, please connect with me on LinkedIn and, and we can uh, answer your questions. Fantastic. Again, listeners, we're going to put links in the show notes for all those resources. So again, if you're if this is something that's resonating with you and you're 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 thinking about what do I do? What are the next steps? Well, take that, take that questionnaire, but also reach out to Paul and uh, he's going to help steer you in the right direction for you and your company. And at the end of the day, if you have better engagement, you're going to have better performance, you're going to have better profitability, and you're going to life is going to be better, and you're going to go home, right, with more energy than when you came into work, which is what we want in our employees and in ourselves. So uh, this has been a- as well. <laughs> yeah, so fantastic conversation, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show and thanks for sharing this important issue. Thank you, John, and thanks for asking me. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. 
I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.